everyone, and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, Sommelier Aaron Nozar, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. Now, for those of you who are new, you should know that I've been a professional sommelier for almost 20 years now, and it is my passion and my privilege to make learning about wine fun and easy for you. But not only just fun and easy, but practical as well. And what does that mean? That means that I want you to feel comfortable, confident, and empowered when making wine selections, not just for fancy events or special occasions, but every day when you're creating that wonderful experience and meal and memories with your family and friends every day of the week. Now, today's episode, I'm going to be answering some of the most common questions I get in regards to hosting or planning an event. And the main question that I get asked will be, how much wine do I actually need? So whether you're a hostess or you're supporting somebody who is, today's episode is going to be about how much wine do you need? What type of formula do we use in regards to planning how much wine we need, as well as a helpful checklist that I'm going to share with you about the next time you're having a party or event. You can use this checklist to go through. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my crowd-friendly wine styles that I keep in the house all the time. So make sure you stay tuned because I'll be sharing those at the end. So if you're ready, let's get started and answer that question of how much wine do I need for my party? Okay, let's get started. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see this more like a slide presentation. So up on the screen, if you will, I'm gonna go through some slides. If you're listening to this in podcast form, you're going to have the downloads that you'll be able to print off and you're going to be able to follow along that way if you want to or use them after. But just know if you are watching on YouTube, but if you're watching on YouTube, you're gonna be able to follow along as I take you through the slides let's get right to the answer of how much wine are you going to need and let me just caveat this by saying you're going to know your own friends you're going to judge for your group and the rules that I'm sharing with you today and I say rules with air quotes for those you can't see me these are guidelines so you'll be able to use them and your own knowledge of your group and plan accordingly but these are a pretty safe bet to use let's get started with how much one bottle of wine holds because before we even get started into this formula let me just share with you some basic facts about how many glasses you're going to get out of a regular size bottle of wine so 750 milliliters so a standardized wine bottle gives us roughly five glasses of wine so when you pour an average glass of wine okay and not those really big big glasses i'm talking about a five ounce glass of wine you're going to get about five glasses so that helps you right there now as we break it down of how many glasses do you need per guest so the industry uses a base formula of you're going to roughly need one glass of wine per hour. And if the average dinner event is about three hours, you're going to need three glasses of wine per guest. Now, you're gonna have guests who are going to enjoy some non-alcoholic options or water or coffee tea, so you're gonna have these other things as well. But on average, in regards to wine, you can think that a person has one glass of wine per hour and sometimes what happens is they'll actually have one and a half the first hour that they are there and they slow down the longer that they stay at the event and usually that's because they are driving home or the evening's getting longer and they're getting tired but generally people may drink a bit more when they first get to event and then slow down through the rest of the time period but if you use the formula of one glass 
per hour per person, you're probably going to be in a safe bet, knowing that in regards to when they actually consume them might be a little bit more compressed at the beginning and staggered through the end. The number of glasses per guest is roughly one an hour. Now for a dinner party, when people are seated down, we do tweak the rule a little bit. And again, this goes to how you know your people. And that comes down in regards to, we generally use the rule of thumb of one bottle of wine for two people for every two hours. So again, I'll say that. So one bottle of wine for two people for two hours, right? One bottle of wine is gonna give us five glasses of wine. You're gonna be for, there for two hours, so you know that they're each going to have two glasses each. And then you have this little bit in between where you're topping up. So it makes sense and goes back into the rule we use for more cocktail style events when people are standing up at that one glass per hour. But if you are doing a dinner party, just know that we use the equation of one bottle of wine, two people, two hours as an average. Okay, how that goes. And if you are doing pairings, so if you are putting together a menu where you are doing pairings specific for that menu, it's gonna help you as well know how much you need. Now, I will say if you are doing dinner party or anytime you're ordering wine, there is always the chance that you are going to have a faulted bottle, meaning something, maybe it's a cork fault or something is just not right with that wine. So it's always good to have a couple of extra bottles as a buffer, just in case you do run into some issue with the bottle of wine being faulted in some way, shape or form. And I did do an episode on faulted wine styles and I'll link that link to below if you're not sure about what a wine fault is. So you'll be able to find out more about that as well. Let's move on to what about the red to white ratio? This is also a question I get really often. How much do I need? You're always gonna to need to have a mix of both, but the general rule is 60% red and 40% white. If it's super hot where you are, if you're planning an outside barbecue and you just know that big red wines are not going to be what your guests are going to be looking for, you can reverse this. So what I am speaking is of an industry average of how we look at that, but generally the rule is you're gonna have 60% of your wine be red and 40% white. And for an entire dinner party, the way we break it down is for appetizers, you're gonna have one glass of wine. For dinner, the actual dinner main course, you're gonna serve two glasses of wine per person. And for dessert, one glass. So again, that's one for the appetizer course, two for dinner, because you may have a couple of multiple courses through the dinner, and then one for dessert. So you're gonna have four glasses of wine on average for your dinner party. Now they might be different, so you might have a sparkling wine, for example, as your aperitif or your appetizer. You might have a red and a white for dinner service, and then you might have a dessert style wine. So you can see how those can be broken down. And this just gives you an average to go on, and you're gonna be able to have this little chart that if you're watching, you can see, but you can print this off, and it's just a good rule of thumb. Again, you're gonna use your own knowledge of the people you're inviting, but always have a couple of extra buffer bottles as just in case you run into some corked wines or some faults. Now let's take a look at my checklist. So if you, again, are watching on YouTube, you're going to see the checklist. If you're listening in the audio form, you're going to be able to print this off. And this is a basic checklist you can use any time of the year, whether it's the holidays or a summer get together, Anytime you just need a checklist of setting up a party, this is something at your own house, but you could definitely tweak this checklist if you're doing something off-site. So here's my checklist in no priority order. 
<laughs> Let me just say that as I go through these, the first item on the list does not mean that I consider it the most important. So just putting that out there. As always, I always recommend anytime you're getting together or you're having an event to stock up on lemons, limes, and oranges, and just keep them handy. They're great for garnishes for cocktails. If someone just wants some sparkling water or anything like that, I always find that if I don't have them, I need more of them. So you definitely want to get some fresh lemons, limes, and oranges. Plus they look beautiful in a bowl or if you do have a bar station that you're setting up, but make sure you pick up some and you'll be able to have them. Even if somebody wants a white wine spritzer, for example, you have the lemon there available for you. Make sure you pick up any mixes that you might need. This is your sodas or your pops, tonic waters, juices. If you're doing mimosas, for example, you can need the orange juice or cranberry juice. If you're doing crantinis, for example, just make yourself a list. Think of everything you might need, sparkling waters, soda waters, all of those. Now I am a big fan. If you are hosting an event to do a signature cocktail, because I think less is more sometimes. The more options you give your guests, the more options they will choose from. You wanna enjoy your party. You don't wanna be running around looking for all types of ingredients all the time. So I like to really hone it in. I'm about creating a signature cocktail for an event, for example, in which case I will choose the juice and a Prosecco or a flavored vodka and a puree, if you will, and just do a signature cocktail that everybody gets. Or if I am going to do sort of a cocktail bar as well as a wine choice, I keep it really small. I like to offer no more than three different wine style choices, for example. So sparkling, a red and a white. I might throw in a rosé for the summertime. And then for a cocktail bar, just the basics in regards to rum, gin, maybe some bourbon, because that's definitely a choice for me and a signature cocktail. My advice is always to keep the choices more narrow which means for you as the host, you don't have to worry about as it's going to make for a more enjoyable evening for you and for your guests. Sometimes too many choices is too overwhelming. Just food for thought there on that one. Now, make sure you pick up if you are doing Caesars or any cocktails where you are going to need some garnishes or anything like that, pick up fresh celery, some olives, mini cornichon pickles or whatever you're putting in. Make sure you have all your garnishes in play as well. You wanna make sure obviously that you've washed and polished all of your glassware so you don't ever wanna do that the day of your event. It always goes crazy. I always recommend just do it the day before and then cover everything with a bed sheet or something so that no more dust can go into it, but give everything a good wash and a soak and polish. Plus, it's a great time to do a glass inventory inspection. See if you have anything that has some cracks or chips. I'm also a fan, as a side note, of renting glassware. So if you have a catering company near you, you will be amazed at how economical renting glassware and plates and all of that is for you. So I highly recommend investigate that if that's something that you would like to. I love it in that all of the glasses will be the same for everybody, but also I don't have to wash them, and I'm a big fan about that. So potentially renting glassware, cutlery plates, anything to make your life easier. It's very economical and I think you're going to be surprised if you haven't done it before of how you ever lived without it. So just a little tip there as well. If you're doing anything hot, so you're doing a hot punch or anything that way, then your crock pot, you want to bring that out. If you're doing any time of warm punch, make sure that you've gotten that and you know that it works fresh ice. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that a few days ago I did a post about me being a snob because there's definitely an association as a Somali that uh, there is a bit of a snobby character involved with that. And while I am not a wine snob, I 100% confess to being an ice snob. What does that mean? It means that I truly believe in fresh ice, filtered watered ice, especially if you're drinking 
fine spirits or anything like that. I've too many times seen people order a premium spirit, for example, at a restaurant, and then old ice goes into it, or the ice cubes in their fridge are stale. They've been there a long time and they make themselves a drink, put some ice in it, and whatever flavor is in your ice is going to go into your drink. So highly recommend fresh ice, make a new batch or pick up ice, but filtered water ice, especially if you're using it in fine cocktails, something to consider. And always know that you're going to need more ice than you think you do. And as a side note, the bathtub can be your best friend in regards to where are you going to put things that need to be chilled. If you have a bath curtain that pulls all the way over, you just put the ice in the bathtub. You can you know, use boxes if you just want to block off a bit of the tub with the ice in it, put a plastic bag liner in it and put your bottles in the bathtub and they're always going to be cold and available for you. It's also going to free up your fridge space, which we all know is at a premium whenever you are entertaining. So the bathtub, with the drape around it can be your best friend in regards to keeping things chilled and out of the way but very handy just remember to keep a towel close by when you do pull bottles out of the ice in your bathtub you're going to need to wipe them down and that way they're not slippery in your hand so fyi on ice in the bathtub it is a lifesaver in regards to fridge space and chilled drinks all the time. The next item on my checklist here is make sure you check your spirit cabinet and here's why. I don't know about you, but I'm 100% guilty of sometimes going, oh, we have lots of that. We don't need to pick up more rum, for example, or gin. And just assuming that we have lots in the cupboard. And then when I actually go to the cupboard, I find out that we don't have as much as I thought we did. And then we're running around at the last minute to go pick up some because we know certain guests that are coming or it's a key ingredient of a cocktail that we wanna make. So FYI, I have 100% been guilty of this one. So make sure you just do an inventory and count and make sure you have everything you need. Sparkling water and non-alcoholic options. There's so many wonderful different drinks out there. The standard pop collection or soda collection definitely to offer your guests beautiful sparkling waters. There's also lots of flavored waters right now. I'm a big fan of also creating pitchers of flavored waters. You can create your own. So whether that's cucumber, lime, and lemon, or you want to put a little mint in there, but it's always nice to have some flavored waters as well for your guests. Make sure that you have napkins, cutlery, paper towels, toilet paper, all of these things. Again, this goes right into the, and this is obviously if you're hosting at your own house, but we always think we have lots sometimes of this stuff and sometimes we don't do a check. So putting that on the list. And if you do want some bar cloths or uh, glass polishing cloths, something to think about to have on your list. You want some snacks, you're going to put out some nice appetizers or chips, dried fruit, so you can put out, but always make sure that you always have a few extra bags on hand. I like to keep a few extra bags of gluten-free pretzels or something a little different as well, just in case somebody arrives and I wasn't aware of uh, food sensitivity that somebody has. So I do tend to keep just a few different assortments to put on your radar. Unscented candles. Why, Erin, do we have unscented candles on the list? We have unscented candles because especially if you are doing wine um, with lots of beautiful aromatics, we have beautiful scented candles, but sometimes they are very overpowering. And so I always recommend that you just get some beautiful candles, whether they are white or color, but watch the scented candles because they can fill the room and sometimes take over if you are pairing wines or creating pairings for people. This also goes for flowers. So watch when you are getting some flower 
arrangements, if you're putting some out, you definitely want to stay away from lilies or any very aromatic flower styles that you may have in those beautiful bouquets. But when you get them into your home, they completely take over the airspace, if you will. So watch very aromatic flower styles. If you are hosting, especially a dinner sit down party, nobody will be able to smell any of the wine nuances because the flowers are just going to be so beautiful, but too much and they will overpower the wine nuances. Plates, cutlery, all the basics. And of course, then we get into make sure you have some coffee and tea on hand. I'm not sure if you have a coffee percolator or you just have a single serve coffee in an espresso machine or a Keurig, but you want to make sure that those are there. Some people always appreciate just a warm drink and a collection of different teas, of course, depending on the service that you're doing. And after dinner drinks, if you are doing after dinner mingles, sort of sit, if you're bringing out a liqueur bar, you want to make sure that again, those glasses are there and you check the inventory of any liqueurs you might want to offer. So that's my quick checklist of a bunch of random different things I think about anytime I host a party that I always think about when I have people coming over. I'm sure you have some of your tips as well. If you have some that you feel I should be adding to this list, please let me know. I'd be happy to add it on and I'm always happy to share if you have any great insider tips as well that help your evening as the host go smoother so you can enjoy your guests and your own event because I know we have all been in the position where your event is over and you sit down at the end of it and you think I didn't even get to enjoy it because you're so busy doing all of the things making sure everything is going well and I want to make sure that you're able to sit down and enjoy your event. Now let's move on. I'm going to share with you a collection of my go-to crowd-friendly wine styles. These are wines that I will always have in my house. They're good anytime, but they're also great if you are sort of hosting an impromptu get-together or you are having a bigger event. You just need wines that are going to make a lot of people happy and they're just really, really easy. Let me show you the wines that I have for you. Again, a few of my favorite wines. They're not by brand. I've done by style. So you'll be able to get these anywhere in the world. And so for white wines under this category, I have a Chablis from France. So Chablis is a hundred percent Chardonnay, un-oaked style from Northern France. It's crisp. It's fresh. If you are a fan of Pinot Grigio or Sauvignon Blanc, the Chablis is going to fill the place here. Why choose Chablis? It's a little bit more subdued and elegant. It's not as vivacious or as strong in aromatics as Sauvignon Blanc, for example. It's lovely. It goes with all kinds of food and it's a beautiful white wine. So very classic, but this is your crisp white wine style. Chablis is a great wine as a crowd-friendly wine style. Chardonnay, I say new world on my list. What that means is if you need a full body Chardonnay, if you're doing any appetizers, a lot of cheese or anything with creamy sauces, anything that way, then a rich, creamy Chardonnay from a New World country, for example, California, Australia. You could do France. When you're looking for France, you're looking for Saint Varan or Poulifousse on the label. So those will be oak style of Chardonnay from France. But you're looking for those words of vanilla, apple, pear, uh, creamy in regards to the wine note. And this is going to go with those. Those are going to go with those fuller food styles and also anything with creamy sauces, melted cheese, lots of butter delicious and a Prosecco. I'm a big fan of always having sparkling wines. It goes with anything. People are automatically happy when you give them a glass of sparkling wine in my experience and a Prosecco is lovely. You could also do a Cremant here. So sparkling wine for France. Champagne is always an option, but depending on the size of your crowd, maybe not always in the budget, but definitely a beautiful sparkling wine. And if you have a favorite is a great one to have here. 
Now, what I don't have on my list here is rosé, and I'm a very big fan of serving rosé, especially in the summertime, depending on when you're watching this. So a nice, crisp rosé, whether that is from France or Spain or New World. When you're looking for rosé, you're looking for a drier style, which means your clue on the back of that bottle is going to be the alcohol amount. Those of you who've listened in before will know the tip, and that tip is, is when you see wines about 11% alcohol and higher on the back of the label, you're going to know that the residual sugar in that wine is lower so 12% and above is going to be a dry rosé style that doesn't mean it's not going to have beautiful ripe fruit aromatics on the nose or on the palate but it's not going to be not going to be sweet so you're looking for 12% or higher in regards to rosé and those are going to be delicious crisp rosé styles now let's talk red one of my go-to reds is a Chilean Merlot Chilean Merlot is one of those divine experiences. Not only is it fabulously economical, but it also has a velvet mouthfeel. So for people who like really big, bold red wines and people who like softer red wines, Chilean Merlot sits right in the middle is a lovely experience. And it's just soft and supple. It's gonna have a nice plum and blackberry flavor. Definitely a fan of serving Chilean Merlot. My other go-to is a Cote de Rhone Red from the south of France. This wine is going to be made from the Holy Trinity, we call it, which is Grenache, Syrah, and Muved. It's a blend, it's wonderful, a bit more earthiness than that Merlot from Chile, but definitely if you're having tapas and olives and a mix of different foods, it's lovely and always a great crowd-friendly wine. Zinfandel from California. Zinfandel is gonna be a bigger, bolder red, and why I pick it on this list is the tannins are lower. So that mouth drying sensation is going to be lower than let's say if we're doing a Malbec or a Cabernet. It's a little bit more supple, but it is a bigger wine. So this is a great one if you're doing a barbecue or serving steaks or sliders, anything that has a bit more oomph to it in regards to the food styles that you're serving, but it is going to be a bigger, fuller style red. And because of the lower tannins, definitely very crowd friendly and I've never heard a complaint from people when I'm serving one. And Cabernet Blend, this is up to you. If you do want something with a bit more sort of tannin, that mouth drying sensation, then definitely you have Cabernet Blends from around the world, Australia, California, Canada. You have Cabernet Merlot, you're gonna have Cabernet Shiraz, for example, from Australia. You're gonna have some mixes and that's gonna bring just a bit more intensity, a bit more that mouth drying sensation into those blends, but if you are looking for a bigger red, I would recommend doing a blend with the Cabernet. Not that single variety Cabernet isn't delicious, it's just that sometimes it can have a bit more personality than you're looking for in sort of a, a group setting like this. So I usually recommend doing blends here with Cabernet when you're entertaining or having people over. So that is a list of a few of my favorite go-to crowd-friendly wines, if you will. You can pick and choose. You'll find the ones that are right for you. Let's recap what we covered today. I answered the question of how much wine do you need for your party? And I provided you a chart that you're going to be able to have as well and use as a helpful guide. Know that it is just a guide. It's a bit of a formula that's been used over time, but you're gonna know your own crowd and your own group better. So take what I've there and then adapt as you need. Always recommend having a few extra bottles, so make sure you use the formula and then add in a few more just in case. And when you're purchasing the wine for your party, ask the store if you're able to return unopened bottles. So it's always good to make sure that you have more. However, if you're not wanting to or you don't have the space to keep those bottles after your event, 
when you're purchasing the bottles, ask if you're able to return unopened bottles, in which case you can bring back what you don't want to have and have that money also returned to your account. So helpful tip there as well in that you could potentially bring the wines back depending on where you're shopping and the rules of the store that you're shopping from. The second thing we covered was just a checklist of helpful tips and tricks, if you will, of things to consider when you're hosting a party. Also, I'll add to that, which I did not add to my list, is make sure you have a couple of different corkscrews. It never fails that if a corkscrew is going to break, it's going to be when you only have one in the house and you've got a bunch of people over. Just a friendly reminder to make sure you have a couple of corkscrews on hand at all times and then you won't run into that scenario. So that should be on my list as well. And we finished up with me sharing my list of go-to crowd-friendly wines that I hope you find helpful and useful and you'll be able to use the next time you have people. I hope you have found today's episode helpful and fun. I wanna thank you for hanging out with me today. Now, if you haven't already done so, be sure to like, share, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do your palette personality quiz, you definitely want to head on over to the website, winegirlacademy.com, and take the palette personality quiz so that you're going to identify the wine styles that right now you will enjoy by the wines that you're drinking currently. You're also going to get your full booklet of all of the wine styles and helpful shopping terms and a whole bunch about you and why you like the wines you do. So that's over there. It's a free quick quiz for you to take at winegirlacademy.com. As always, it's been wonderful to hang out with you. Thank you for spending your time with me. I want to wish you a wonderful week. Cheers to you. Bye now.